let's talk about the hurricane that is now approaching. You've called climate change and that agenda a hoax. You said more people are dying from bad climate change policies than there are of actual climate change. But according to a UN agency, extreme weather events compounded by climate change caused the death of 2 million people between 1970 and 2021. Can you offer a shred of evidence that more than 2 million people died from converting to clean energy? I can offer clear evidence that the number of climate disaster-related deaths is down by 98% over the last century. The number of people who died of hurricanes, tornadoes, heat waves, and other weather-related events in 1920, for every 100 that died then, two die today. And the reason why is more plentiful, abundant access to fossil fuels and technology powered by fossil fuels. I can also tell you today, it is a hard fact, none of these things are disputed. Eight times as many people die of cold temperatures than die of warm ones. The right answer to all temperature-related deaths is more plentiful, abundant access to fossil fuels. The Earth is covered by more green surface area today than it was half a century or a century ago because carbon dioxide is plant food. And but, carbon dioxide as a percentage of the atmosphere is still at a relative but, low through human say, history. Those are just, hard facts. And I think we have to acknowledge a, those facts when having this debate. Well, there's a hard fact of the hurricane that is now approaching. The mayor, a three-generation St. Petersburg resident, says he's never seen anything like this, the, the ocean warming. But let me move on to some Andrea, may, may I respectfully offer a response to that? And, and I mean this with due respect. If someone on the other side were an uneducated person from Arkansas who didn't go to college and offered one weather event as an end of one anecdote to help support well, a theory of global climate change, you'd laugh off, off the stage as a rube for saying they don't follow data. The same well, shoe has to fit the other foot. I'm follow the actual about, data. I'm not talking about... My thoughts about what? Running for re-election in 2026. Oh. Did you hear the question, Senator? Running for re-election in 2026? Yes. All right, I'm sorry, you all. We're going to need a minute. Senator. Benny. You know, in 2008, it became really clear that Barack Obama had been having sex with men and smoking crack. And a guy came forward, Larry Sinclair, and said, I'll sign an affidavit. And he did. I'll take a lie detector. And he did. I smoked crack with Barack Obama and had sex with him. Well, that was obviously true. Nobody reported it, not because they were squeamish about sex or drugs, but because the Obama campaign said anyone who reports on this gets no access to the Obama campaign. And so they didn't report on it. So that happens. That's just one small example, but that happens all the time with lots of different issues. Now, and do you, do you believe that transpired or do you believe the guy is legitimate or both? Oh, the Larry Sinclair story? Oh, that definitely happened. Oh, for sure. I mean, I've talked to Larry Sinclair about it and oh, definitely it happened. I mean, before I took office, there was a lot of folks out there, a lot of folks out there making some pretty bold predictions about how things would turn out. You might remember some of the predictions. They're coming for your guns, they're coming for your jobs, and they're coming for your freedom. They hate American energy, and Joe Biden will shut it all down. He's going to. Uh, that if, if I became president. Biden's elected, he will wipe out your energy industry. Another prediction. That is my favorite one, I must add. 
is that if I got elected, gas prices going five, six, seven dollars for a gallon. And flood your communities with criminal aliens, drugs and crime while they live behind beautiful gated compounds. You spent trillions of dollars rebuilding foreign nations, fighting foreign wars and defending foreign borders. So for all those predictions of doom and gloom, here's where we stand. Do you want to use the word recession or depression? But if Biden wins, your borders are gone. The middle class is gone. Your safety is gone. If your primary concern right now is inflation. We could stop it in 30 minutes. Hello, it's me. It's Joe Biden. See, I made it to Maui. I'm excited to get to my hotel. Jill and I got sunburned this morning on the beach, enjoying a cocktail in the sand. You people like it hot, I guess. Anyway, I know how you feel. When I was a boy, my father told me to make the pancakes one morning. I burned my hands on the pan. I gripped it hard. That's when a Japanese fellow by the name of Chuck Long Lee Chen Chen took me under his wing. Showed me the art of taking a bath naked. That's what I called my son Bo. I told him my Corvette went on a hiking expedition in the Alps. It's when it burned to a crisp. He died in my arms. Now I know what it's like to be Native American, just like you fine folks. To help the struggling families of Maui, I'm sending each and every one of you $17.51. To divide amongst yourselves as you please. Anyway. Happy Wednesday. <laughs> Welcome. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty sure I know why the hurricane is hitting uh, Florida. Why? God, there's got to be an explanation for all this. You want an explanation? God is pissed. Yeah, pretty much. No, <laughs> actually, the reason is, um, I don't know, it's hurricane season, and hurricanes hit generally this time of year every year. Since no, like they the 1800s, don't. Since the 1800s, you know, when they started recording weather, it's been happening, but... It is, it is all about the cow farts and the, um, you know, the aerosol sprays. That's what's causing the hurricanes. If you listen to CNN or the Weather Channel, that's what you think is actually going on. Oh, it's never happened. Never hit this part of Florida ever. No. And then you have the governor say, well, you know, it did hit back in the 1800s. It hit the same area. Uh, <laughs> but I guess it's climate change. Well, for those that live here. That live here in in um, Ohio. Hey, I'm hey. loving this climate change. This is fantastic. What is it today? 65 degrees in August. Yeah. yeah, this is great. God bless climate change, as far as I'm concerned. 65 degrees in August. That's fantastic. Yeah, the problem is it's a tease because it's supposed to be 90 again next week. Yeah, well, still. Everything is straight lie. Just Google how many drilling permits he signed versus Trump. It's higher. Same point. Uh, do we not understand capitalism? OPEC knows the U.S. Hi, Heidi. Welcome to the show. She's not wrong on that one. I, I'll agree. I, just, I don't always agree with Heidi. I'll agree with her on that. OPEC does does rule our world. But he has that. He, he's getting rid of drilling. That's what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, but but the problem we have with OPEC is we are the slaves to OPEC, thanks to uh, the good Lord and Savior Richard Nixon, who signed in the forever in perpetuity agreement to trade um, T-bills for oil. 
which the the uh, the OPEC nations did not could not sign fast enough to hold us hostage to oil for the for the privilege of them buying a few million T bills a year. That was a that was the best deal they ever made. That was us buying the buying Louisiana for a bag of beans or whatever we used. <laughs> I, I want to know what Doug is saying is sad. What is sad? Like every video that I played is sad, or you know, we sad, or what? What's sad, Doug? Tell me. Me and elaborate, you. so I know what you're talking about, so I don't take offense. Me and you are sad because right now I'm taking offense to the fact that this is sad. I, mean, I don't know what, <laughs> which part is sad. Easy, clean show. Not a fucking day. It's not. Wait, I'm sorry. Hey, yeah. language. Jeez. Sorry, I apologize. Well, you're supposed to say this flark and flicking show. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, look the the. Uh, the ticket has been submitted to corporate, so we're still waiting to get that taken care of before we can. Uh, right. So if it works oh, like that, I'll tell you yeah. what. That is sad. And I wasn't. I didn't play that video to make fun. The only reason I played that video is to show that uh, one, it is really sad. But two, um, you know, maybe it's time that we, we start moving on from some of these people. Like, and I like Mitch McConnell for the most part. Um, and Diane Feinstein. Maybe it's time we move away from some of these people that have spent eternity in office and try to move on a little bit uh, because I don't want my politicians and people that represent me up there not able to speak like that because that was incredibly sad and scary to be honest with you I left I know you did I'm sorry <laughs> you were. I laughed I chuckle because and I'm not chuckling at him per se you know what I'm chuckling at us that we allow this that we keep electing these dummies into office. Well, I mean, at one point it wasn't a dummy, and, and same. I'm sure. I mean, Diane Feinstein. I don't agree with her. I'm, I'm sure that I, you know, she was a dummy at some point in my eyes. But as far as she's probably somewhat smart, but not anymore. Now she's like a vegetable sitting there trying to figure out what to do, and people are telling her how to vote. I mean, this really needs to to stop. It does. How long has she been in office? Uh. Before the, first hurricane. before the first hurricane, before the first hurricane, I was gonna say, how long has Mitch McConnell been in office? She was, he was in there, what when Abe Lincoln was the president? I mean, they were together, I think. Yeah, I mean, at this point, there somebody put it in here, I don't know who did, but it, oh, it's, it's on the screen age limits. I, I would just say term limits. Yes, why can't we say that in any political office, any political office, the longest you're allowed to stay is eight years? The longer you sit there, the more corrupt you become. And the less attached to your constituency you become. Of course. How how much time fine size what? California? I believe. Right? How much time do you think she spends in California in a year? Or thinks about it. Yeah. <laughs> she may be on the beach there at some point, but no, no. I, yeah, you're right. She's not she's not traveling around California seeing the atrocities in San Francisco and the homeless situation in LA and the you know, the, the spreading drug problems in San Diego. She doesn't know what's going on out there. You know, I'll, I'll tell you what we, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, there's so much going on. Uh, yes. On term limits. You, you got to listen to the Bob Fran show on occasion, Chris, even you, who does, I know you don't agree with a lot of the right wing stuff, like hardcore right wing stuff anyways. Yeah. Uh, but like today we had a guy on Mike McCormick, who's written a book and he's got uh, all kind of insider information about He's had he's been privy to the Hunter Biden laptop, right? And so okay. we're talking about a guy that knows a lot of stuff. Talk sure. about how corrupt this Biden family actually is. 
And I mean, there's so many things that we're gonna have them on again because a half hour wasn't enough. We need this guy on for like three days to right. talk about all the stuff that he knows. And I'd love to give him on this show. Sure. Too, because they I mean this it's really interesting the corruption and the crime that is going on right now in, in the office and nobody's talking about it. You will not get this left wing media, and I don't care what you say, Heidi, this left wing media to to actually report on the stuff that's going on. They'll say Trump all day long, try to overturn an election, yet they forget the hanging chads in Florida how many years ago when the Democrats yeah. wanted to overthrow the election and wanted to challenge the election because they thought that they were robbed. Well, mm-hmm. you know, Trump has the right to do that. The real crimes are the bribery and corruption that's going on right now between Hunter and his dad. Yeah. That's an other foreign country and foreign country. That's what's the real crime here. And none of the media is going to talk about it. No. Unless you watch Fox, you're not going to see any of it. And even Fox doesn't cover it. You, you heard, or did you hear about this, um, this audio tape of Biden? Did you hear about this? Yes, I did. On, on Newsmax? Yes. That they have some kind of damning tape on, on him. And it's like, yeah. Did you hear that anywhere else? No. Of course not. You're not going to hear it on Newsmax. You know, which. I'm going to tell you what, this is one time I'm going to ask the, this is one time I would really wish that the news people would be corrupt. I ain't going to lie. I, I'm going to, I'm going to say point blank. And honestly, I wish these guys would have held this tape for about six more months. Yeah. No kidding. And then dropped it in the middle of the election where, where it doesn't give, um, commie Gavin Newsom time to, you know, take hold in the election. Yeah. But uh, I, so we're, I, we're going to get in all this in a little bit because we do have a, a guest waiting here. I don't oh, okay. You. Sorry. I'm uh, ready to roll. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're going to roll on, on all this stuff in a little bit. But first, I want to talk to uh, Melissa from Yellow Brick Road Auctions. And let's play her commercial first. Why don't we do that? Yeah, let's do that. Get an idea of what we're talking about. Uh, so in 30 seconds, we're going to hear from Melissa. So hang on. There's no place like home, and whether it's furniture, artwork, home accessories, appliances, or that one-of-a-kind collectible, Yellow Brick Road Online Auctions allows you to find everything you need from the comfort of your own home. The owner of Yellow Brick Road Auctions has been conducting online estate auctions for over eight years by providing homeowners with a stress-free process to liquidate all items that have accumulated over the years. I'm Melissa Mendici, owner of Yellow Brick Road Auctions. Log on today to find your heart's desire. Let's bring on Melissa. All right. All right. We played your commercials and now we don't need to talk to you. Thanks for joining us. Have a great night. <laughs> hey, you guys. Welcome hey, to Melissa. the show. Hello. How are you doing? We are good. fantastic. Good, good, good. So tell us what your business is all about, where you're at, and what's going on today. All right. Well, I take care of homeowners who need to liquidate their entire home whether it's due to a parent passing away or someone moving into assisted living, or most of my clients are actually moving to Florida or Arizona. So I liquidate everything in the household. I've been doing it for nine years. Um, I worked for two other companies prior to opening my own three years ago because I got a little upset with companies that are not honest nowadays. So you always have to be careful. Uh, A lot of companies, you have to be licensed and bonded by the state of Ohio to be an auction firm, which is what I am. So I love it. I absolutely love doing it. It's almost like American Pickers in a way, because you're finding a lot of really cool stuff in the house. So for instance, right now we have an auction up in Bay Village, which has a lot of collectible Barbie and vintage games. So I know that Molly, 
loves Barbie stuff. Uh, yes, one of the items that we have on there is the 1972 Barbie airplane. Uh, that actually was a toy that I had when I was young. I was probably about eight or nine years old when I found that underneath the Christmas tree. And it's actually hard to find. So that item is on auction right now. And then we also have the 1973 Barbie Beach Bus, which is pretty cool. That is cool. I just saw a picture of that the other day. And I mean, the Barbie stuff is very hot right now, especially because obviously because the yeah. man-hating movie that's out there. But, you know, uh, for people that well, love the Well, it's funny because old... there's about, uh, just so you know, Seth, there's about 85 collectible Barbies that are over, their value is over $500 a piece. Wow. I'm telling you, Barbies are really a good, great toy. I'm, I'm glad that the Barbies that come in a box don't talk like the one in a movie. Because then, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I could deal with that, but my daughter does have a bunch of Barbies around here. None of them are unfortunately worth a lot of money, but yeah, they are available for auction, up for auction right now on uh, your website, yellowbrickroadauctions.com. Yeah. And one of the funny things that we have on is the TV tennis. That was a Lewis Marks game. It came out and this is years ago before Pong even came out with Atari. Um, <laughs> and we have the original game that's up on auction. And the difference between the one we have and the one that was sold to people, we're trying to figure it out, but we believe we have the original prototype because the prototype was brown, which is the one that we have on auction. And the ones that were sold to everyone, you know, for purchase were green. So that's kind of a really out of the ordinary thing that we have up right now. There it is, we got it on the screen right now. That's pretty cool, that's very cool actually. Yeah, can you imagine that, playing that? <laughs> <laughs> See, one of the things I found on your auction the other day that I'm going to be bidding on, um, I don't remember when the auction ends. It's, I think it's in a couple of weeks. And I don't know if I want to mention it because then people are going to go out there and try to bid on it. Uh, <laughs> but I am definitely going to bid on something on there uh, very soon. How do people sign up and what do they need to do? All they have to do is go to either, there's two websites. My business website where you can see the commercial that runs on TV is www.yellowbrickroadauctions.com or you can go right to the auction site, which is www.ybrauctions.com. Um, they go on there. If they want to register to become a bidder, just hit the register button. I verify everyone with a phone call once they register and then they can bid on any of the auctions. I put a new one up every single Thursday. Now the Bay village auction that we have up right now, we're letting that one run for three weeks on purpose, much longer because labor day weekend, we want people to enjoy time with their family and friends. Sure. And more importantly, we're actually going to visit the land of Oz, which is out in North Carolina. It's actually oh, wow. an old amusement park. Yeah. It was real big in the 80s. Now, I guess they don't have the rides anymore. Um, so it's going to be new to me. I don't know what's going to happen there, but they're only open three weekends of the year in August. So I'm going to be taking a trip out there to go see Dorothy and the whole cast. That's cool. I remember I saw like an ad for that somewhere online and I checked it out and I was like, I kind of wanted to go check that out myself. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I don't know if you can see the comments, Melissa. But uh, Rick loves you, and you know, I, don't, I don't know. What, like we're trying to keep him, you know, down and tame tonight. But he uh, he's a big fan, so I'm sure Rick is going to be signing up at yellowbrickroadauctions.com. 
Just to get the phone call. Sign up, and then maybe he'll get to meet me at one of the pickups if you win something. I think he's signing up just to get a phone call from you. (laughs) Are you sure he's looking at the right person? Uh, Yes. Here's another. He's now he's got a heart up there. Look at that, jeez. I think you're his Barbie. You're flattering me, but okay. I don't know if I believe you. I uh yeah, you have to come up with a username, right? When you sign up for your yeah, you come up with a username and a password, and then you know you just start bidding on the auctions. Now I have to warn people: I have over eight thousand one hundred and seventy collectors registered on my site alone, and most of them all go on the last day of the auction. They wait until the last couple of minutes to put in bids, which is great to watch because you can see what people are fighting over. Um. An auction will, like, say you're bidding on the Barbie airplane. If you're fighting with somebody on that Barbie airplane, it'll keep extending it when someone puts in a bid. So I've actually had auctions close at 1240 in the morning because people were fighting so hard to get the item. There it is. There's the Barbie. Melissa, what is it? I want to go back to the Barbie for a minute. Barbie has at least in my lifetime and I'm in my fifties, Barbie has always been so mass produced. What is it about certain Barbie toys, it's accessories, et cetera, that gives it more value for something that has been so overly manufactured? Well, actually the Barbies that are worth a lot were not mass produced. Oh, so one as recent as 2018 which was the uh, St. Laurent Barbie, that's worth over $500. Now, it was not mass produced. So, and when we think mass produced, there was probably maybe 5,000 made versus Mm -hmm. 10 or 20,000 of them made. So um, also it's just the sort of the theme behind it. Um, One of them is called Magic Color Barbie. She was produced in 1966. That's worth over $800 if you ever find one of those. Another thing about the Barbies is is just how they designed them. Older Barbies had like the old-fashioned eyeliner and eyeshadow on. Their eyes were shaped a certain way, which make them much more collectible and classic, so to speak. Right. How do you how do you fend off people that might try to forge one? Because you know now today with these three D printers and stuff, you could probably put in a picture of it and and make make something that looked the same. What do, what do you do to make sure that that it isn't a forgery? It's actually very easy for someone in my business who's been doing okay. it for so long to see a forgery. Um, it is hard when it comes to artwork. An original painting, the technology they have nowadays to make an original painting look like an actual painting that was done back in the day is phenomenal. However, there's certain things that you know to look for. But as a forgery goes, there's certain signatures. And also you have to know the stamps, meaning the manufacturer's stamp when it's done a certain way. Let me give you an example. I just had to go to a client's home a couple of weeks ago. He had a plant a plate that he thought was a Limoges plate, which is a famous brand mm-hmm. from France. And when I turned over the plate and looked at the stamp on the underside of it, the rose, one of the pieces on the stamp was faced a different way. Oh, wow. And 
that's a way to tell whether or not that's a fake or an authentic Limoges plate. Right. Well, just for the record, um, there are some really expensive Barbies, like the 2013 Pink Diamond Barbie, just yep. auctioned off for fifteen thousand dollars from 2013. Yeah. Wow. And those were there. Were, so there weren't that many made. Um, or they were a limited time offer, meaning they were only sold for maybe one year or six months or something like that. One of the original Barbies, like in her like black and white bathing suit or whatever, sold for like twenty-seven thousand dollars. I yeah, actually have that place. Barbie. Wow. <laughs> That's Francine. Francine, yes. I have the original Francine in the black and white bathing suit from when I was a little girl. I don't think that's ever going anywhere. Well, you know, if you have done it enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, you had some drum sets and some like planes up too, right? Yeah. So in a couple of weeks, we're going to be putting up two different auctions. One is going to be a Brexville auction, and we have two sets of drums. Um, the one set we're going to sell all together with the symbols and everything. Um, and I'm trying to remember. Let me look at my note here because I think it's a five-piece set. So that's a five-piece set, and it's a pearl set. Right. So we're going to be selling that all together. The other set, we're going to be doing the drum, which is a five-piece set in one lot, and then the cymbals in a separate lot. And the reason I do that sometimes is because, let's say that you guys are drummers. If you break cymbals often, if, especially if you play in clubs every single weekend. So right. I want to appeal to the bidders who may need those cymbals, but they already have a drum set. True. So I divided one of the drum sets, the cymbals in one lot, the drum set in a separate, and then the pearl set is all going to be together. So that gives you some options of what you want to bid on. Very, Very nice. Cool. And what about the planes? I know you sent us a picture of some the planes. The planes, you know, it's funny. I was going to say, Seth, you need to come over <laughs> to this house because we're afraid to uh, test them out. They're <laughs> remote control planes. Um, these are huge. They have 60 and 65 inch wingspans. You can actually bring up the company, which I want to remember the name of the company. Um, they are great planes model manufacturing company and they're pretty well known they're pretty expensive and they come in a kit so it takes a good couple of hours to put them together however on the auction i have i have four of the planes already put together with the radio remote controls and everything the only thing is we don't know if we're going to test them out or not because those are gigantic planes and i don't i don't even know if i can work a drone let alone a plane that size. So I don't want right. to crash it. <laughs> well, they awesome. look pretty cool. Though. They look pretty awesome. Yeah. Did you, so, what, what, you know, what, what four you, of those what, will be going up shortly. What year are those from? Those look very old school. Those look cool. They, they actually still make them today. Okay. Now, the ones that he purchased, this gentleman whose house I'm doing, he's had them for about 15 years or so. Um, so okay. I don't know until I look at the serial number, because I'm just starting to photograph those, what okay. year those will be from. But they do make those planes today as model kits. Um, sure. I'm told that you can also buy them already made from some companies, but they're a lot more expensive when you buy them that way. Right. 
Listen, let me ask you, not necessarily about this auction, but just in general, how does sports memorabilia do? Because that always I, good. It's always, always good. Always good. Yeah. I actually did an auction a couple of months ago in Homestead Falls and found a bunch of the old 1960 baseball cards. One of the cards was Joey Bell, which okay. is, um, you know, you can still find it, but it is a little sure. rare because Albert Bell is what he went through, you know, later. Mm -hmm. um, and it had the original Joey Bell card in there. And there were uh, several inside the album. The bidding started at $10 and those sold for over 3000. Wow. No kidding. All right. Now in, in my safe deposit box, I have an autograph and it's, it's authenticated and all that. I have an autograph Babe Ruth baseball, pretty clean autograph is mint. What, what would I expect at auction for that? Well, I always tell people when you do an auction, it's whatever the winning bidder is willing to pay for it. Okay. However, mm -hmm. when you have a true Babe Ruth with a certificate of authenticity, mm -hmm. that can go anywhere from the lowest I've seen it go is 3000. The highest mm -hmm. I've seen one go, which was several years ago was 8,000. So, you know, each year it changes. Also mm -hmm. things go up and down. You know, some people may find if you come across a lot of Babe Ruth stuff, you never know. There might be a, uh, someone who was a collector and he held on to a lot of Babe Ruth material. And then all of a sudden he passes away and the family puts it up for sale. Then right. the Babe Ruth stuff is going to go down in value because there's a bigger lots that are offered at that time. Okay. Somebody wants to know about bobbleheads. Bobbleheads, it all depends on who they are. <laughs> Bobbleheads are collectible, but it all depends on who they are and whether they were limited editions or not. So if there's a limited edition one, it means less were made. Um, I haven't come across any bobbleheads that are worth a lot of money. Um, however, when you have ones like the Cleveland Indians, which are no longer called the Indians anymore, right? I would hold on to those for many years. Those are not going to go up in value to at least 20, 25 years from now. So if you have those anywhere in your house, hold on to them. They'll be worth a lot more money later on. Sure. All right. Well, this is, a, oh, go ahead, Seth. Go. Go ahead. I just have like a question. You may not even want to answer this. Um, have you ever gone to a house and found like weird stuff, like a box of like Playboys and poor, or, like sex Actually, I've been on Playboys. Several times I put on lots of Playboys. Really? Um, the last one I did was a house in Northfield. Great person. And he had very high-end collectible Playboys. Pamela Lee Anderson, um, you know, from back in the day. Um, What's the link to that? Celebrities. <laughs> I, I think I lost that bid. <laughs> it, went, it went for good money. So, <laughs> but you know, I haven't found anything that I would say is very too weird, weird or freaky, yeah. um, except a voodoo doll, which oh. was an original voodoo doll, which I refused to put on because I didn't want any of that bad mojo. karma or voodoo on me. So right. I refused to put it on because I didn't even want to touch it. 
right, well, I'm going to remind you not to clean out my house when, <laughs> when I go. <laughs> go ahead, Chris. Sorry. Melissa, is there, is there anything that people commonly think is worth something that as soon as you walk in, they're like, oh, you got to see this China or something. And, <laughs> and you just know that it's not. But but every time you walk into a house, people try to pitch it to you thinking that it's worth going to be worth a lot. Several items. One of them is Beanie Babies. Beanie okay. Babies are worth nothing. Um, they not not anything. If I were to come across Beanie Babies, you'd have to have at least a hundred or hundred and fifty. They would all go in one lot together. And the only reason someone would buy those is because they have one of those crank machines. Like you know, when you go in the grocery store and you put in a quarter and you grab out with the tongs. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So someone has that at home and they're just finding the Beanie Babies to put in there. So those don't go well. Also, Hummels, Hummels all depend on the TMK mark that is okay. on the bottom of them. A TMK1 mark is the oldest mark. So you have to know your Hummels. Right. Everyone thinks, oh, they're Hummels. Um, you know, they're worth money. Or Waterford. Waterford Crystal is not worth a lot of money. Also, Yadros. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Yadros. Yadros are porcelain figurines. Sure. There are certain ones that are definitely worth money, and then there's some that are not. And the right. reason is whether or not they were a limited edition or mass-produced or not. Right. I what about screwed now. My Yadros collection needs to go in the garbage. <laughs> M Melissa, what about all of those collectible plates that were all the rage like 15, 20 years ago? The Gone with the Wind and the 9-11 and all those. Any of those have any value? Actually, no, they don't. I hate to say it, but, um, the, you know, the plates that people would put on their walls that are met, not meant for food, um, yeah. those, you know, I hate to say it, but they're not worth anything. Now, I have sold them before. There are people that want them, but you have to have a lot of them. So, for instance, if you had you know, all the plates with different types of dogs on them. Mm. You'd have to have at least 30 of those plates for someone to go, okay, I'm willing to buy those because my granddaughter loves dogs. Let me get them for her. But China is really hard to sell nowadays unless it's Haviland, Limoges, or Noritake. Um, so I have Noritake. today and asked about some porcelain that they had that was made in occupied Japan. Now that's something totally different. If you have something made in Japan, not anything. If you have something made in occupied Japan, that's worth a lot more money. I have Noritake um, China that was my grandmother's. And she gave me, like left me a, it's a huge box, like, almost like a hundred plates or whatever it is, whatever, I don't know, said whatever. It's like white. It's got like a blue line around it. Like it, it looks kind of plain, kind of, but I don't know what that kind of thing is worth. I, I, just okay, well, then you, you let me tell you right now. I, I was just going to ask you, what does it look like? Because another thing you have to consider is whether it's the old-fashioned type that has the flowers all over it. No one wants China anymore with all the flowers all over that. It does not. So, yeah, the more neutral, the better. So if you have Noritake from your grandmother and it's more of a neutral pattern, such as the white with blue or even white with gold, white with blue. that's worth some money. Okay, well I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to contact you. Um what now Pez. 
I had a huge Pez collection back in the day. Unfortunately, my ex-wife took like most of it, and then I sold the rest because I was I needed alcohol. But when, <laughs> is Pez something that is? Yeah, it all depends table? on the Pez. All depends on which ones they are. So, you know, a good thing to do is if you ever want to, it depends which you want to make sure you go to a reputable site. But if you Google what are the most collectible Pez or the rarest, you will get an idea of which ones are more rare than others. Um, so that's really good to know. Um, so like I'm trying to think of one of the Pez that I sold was the whole set from Wizard of Oz. And it was in the original packaging and sealed, never opened. Someone wants something like that. But when I come across pest dispensers, I have to look at each one and see which one they are. If you have the cookie monster, consider yourself very lucky. If you have one that's, you know, from the 80s or 90s, not so good. Okay. Wow. Yeah. What about what about music? Oh, did you leave? Maybe she's getting a call. Well, there she is. She's getting a call. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. We were getting a phone call. <laughs> no problem. Well, M Melissa, I wanted to ask you about, about um, musical memorabilia. I, I Does that, I, I would imagine guitars and stuff like that do well, but do, do anything other than like big name, you know, obviously if you have a Metallica used drum set or something, that's probably worth something. But what about, what about just, common like like you were selling the drum set there i mean what what would a person expect if they had a drum set that's in really good shape but in their in their attic or something that that was their grandfather's from the 60s so it's that that older style would that have more value yes it would the older the better because number one the older means it most likely was made in the united states which makes okay. a big difference Sure. also the type of material it's made out of um some of them unfortunately were made with ivory ivory is illegal to sell so if right. it has ivory on it you're never going to be able to sell it um make you know if it's real ivory but not many of them were made that way but it all depends on the material it was made from also you know a lot of them later in certain years like the pearl set that we're going to be putting up that pearl set was made in Taiwan, better than made in Japan for some reason. But that value of that drum set right now used is worth about $800. So it's still yeah. worth money. Sure. Um, you know, it also depends on the drum set, meaning was it a beginner set or was it a more professional set for a musician? Okay. So there's little intricacies that you have to know when it comes to each piece, especially when it comes to musical instruments. Okay. Rick wants to know, who likes you, Rick, um, wants to know, what about a KISS pinball machine? Do you get, you get a lot of pinball machines or anything like that? That would definitely be huge. Um, they made really? several of them. So there's some that, because they made more than one style of KISS pinball machine. So I think if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. If I remember correctly, I think they made four or five different styles. Um, so it all depends on which style he had. And then I would have to investigate it to see how many of that style was made. But that is definitely someone wants that. So that would need a reserve. It wouldn't start off at like $10 bidding. You know, it would be like a car or a motorcycle. So there'd have to be a reserve put on it. 
but definitely Kiss would go high. See, um, not, not in fact, what's funny is I just had a photograph of the album collection yesterday. And in the album collection was some of the Prince records. So, okay. you know, now that Prince is no longer with us, they've gone up in value. Well, if you're going to be like good. this podcast, when we're not <laughs> around, and this, this podcast will go through the roof. So I'm, I'm looking, yeah, that'll be something. All I know is I'm hearing this about the Kiss pinball, and I'm like, hmm, I have one of those. Maybe I'll sell mine. <laughs> but, I would but, definitely take tell tell him to give me a call. We'll put up an auction for him. Definitely. All right, I may do that. Let me, let me ask you one more about pinball, and and you probably don't know this, but I own the fifth largest pinball arcade in the country, so I I have hundreds of pinball machines. I have one machine. I don't know the value of it. I I don't know that I would ever even sell it, but I'm just curious. It's uh, it was made by Bally. It's called Thunderball. They only made ten. It was a prototype. There's only four left in existence, and I have one. Okay, so the first thing is the serial number is what's going to tell me a lot about it. Okay. Um, there's something called Worth Point. Worth Point is something that I use. Um, it's for someone who owns an auction firm. It costs money to have, okay. and I'm able to type that in and see if it's sold ever in the past 20 years, what is successfully sold for. Okay. So if you want an answer to what that value is, that would be the first place to start. Okay. Show me a picture of that machine, get me the serial number, and then I would put that in my worth point and see if it's what its value is, if it's ever been sold. Because yeah. most of the time when they make only five of them in the entire world, you know, we'd have to make sure, and that's true. Um, they it may have never been sold. So sure. therefore it's kind of like a blind guess of what the value is because they've never been sold before. Okay. Hmm. Might have well, to sell some machines. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but I definitely think you need to put a reserve on that. Oh yeah, I definitely. I'm not selling yeah. that for 10 bucks. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> never do. And I put reserves on everything that warrants a reserve. You know, I do sure. a lot of cars, motorcycles, oh, yeah. boats, sure. I'm not going to let no, those bids start at $10. So I always talk to the homeowner after I do all my investigating. Um, for instance, I'm going to be putting up a 17th century painting soon and a 16th century painting. Um, wow. We have to do a lot of work with that painting. Um, most Back in those days, most of the artists did not sign their names. So... You have to spend months and months investigating who possibly could be the artist that created that piece, which is what I'm doing right now. Um, but that painting, I'll probably put a reserve on that for a couple thousand dollars. Okay. Well, tell people how to get a hold of you, Melissa, if they want to sell your stuff or sign up for the auctions, all that kind of thing. Just go to yellowbrickroadauctions.com or you can call me. The phone number for the business, 216 903-6254. Uh, we appreciate it. We appreciate you being a, a sponsor of the show and everything else. And Kayla did a good job today. She did, didn't she? Except for <laughs> yeah. when her boyfriend called, you know, in the middle of the, you know, the segment. Then, uh, that kind of screwed things up. But that's all right, Kayla. We're, we're all good. We'll tell Nick not to do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I love the show. On. Love what you guys do. Great. So and also love Bob France. I've been yep. listening to him for years. Yeah, he is a, he's something. I'll tell you what that that show is is fun to watch or listen to, and uh, you can learn a lot by listening to this show and that show. Definitely. <laughs> so. 
let's hope more people start doing that. You just got to get the word out there. Amen. Thank Amen. you, Melissa. We'll talk to you soon. All right, you, you guys. Bye, Melissa. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Yellowbrickroadauctions.com. Yellowbrickroadauctions.com. And I love that segment. That was fun. That was fun. There's so much. There's so much good stuff out there, you know. That, and, and it really is weird, man, because it it really goes to that old adage of you know one man's junk's another man's treasure type of a thing. You really don't know what you. Ha- I mean, obviously, some things you know you have that are that are obviously good. But I'm telling you, like the Barbie thing as an example. When you when she said the 2013 and a 2018. In a million years, I would have never thought that. I would have thought anything Barbie that would have any value would have to be 50-plus years old. Uh, some of these things are outrageous. I mean, they have a lot of special edition Barbies that came out. That's the problem, is that they came out with Carl Lagerfeld, you know, Barbie. They came out with all these different uh, right. types that are just, you know, they're special edition. So then mm-hmm. these collectors go crazy for them. I mean, same yeah. thing with like, the Pez stuff. Pez came out with like I mean, mm-hmm. back in the day they had Pez with like no feet on them, and so yeah. they you know those were more rare. I mean, there's just there's a lot of stuff out there you don't know. Like I have this box of china sitting in my closet. I don't know how much it's worth. And it is that Noritake with the blue and white. And blah, blah, blah. It's not very patterned, whatever. And so I don't know how much it's worth. Well, she said it's worth something. You might 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 be your solution. Maybe maybe you don't have to work anymore. You just sell that box of box of <laughs> china china. <laughs> well, <laughs> It's definitely more than I've made in the past year, no matter how much. It's worth. <laughs> if we that's, worked eighty dollars, that's more than I've made in the past year working. <laughs> well, that's like I have over here. I was going to ask her, but we ran out of time. I have a, um, I have, um, uh, it's probably my only. I'm not a collector guy, really. I have like six total autographs. All the all the rock stars I've met, I have six autographs because <laughs> I just don't collect stuff. But the one collectible that I do have that I that I actually cherish is hanging up here on the wall. I have a ticket from the concert that was canceled, the very next concert from Led Zeppelin, because John Bonham died. Oh, wow. Like he died on tour, and then the next show was like two days later wow. or whatever. And I have I have a unused, untorn concert ticket in mint condition. It's been in a frame basically since that day. And I know what I paid to get it. So I, I'm curious if if I got ripped or if I didn't get ripped. <laughs> See, Hopefully I, I didn't get ripped. I uh I uh had a whole bunch of autographs from when I worked at MMS. Sure. Because you know, dude, I, one, I was everywhere. I went to every freaking mm-hmm. concert and I was on all the time on that station sure. for 10 years. Right. And so I went everywhere. And I always just had an MMS shirt with me that I'd get autographed by the band or whatever. Sure. And then I had an autographed poster from when I went and saw Metallica at the Summer Sanatorium tour in um, Columbus. Corn, right? With Corn? No, yeah, uh, it was Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park? Okay. Lincoln Park and uh, Mudbane. All right. And But I had an autographed Metallica poster. And then I had all these. I had ACDC, dude. Like, I got to go down sure. in the bowels of the... Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse or Gundarita, whatever it was back then, and meet ACDC and I got shirts signed and all this stuff. And literally my entire living room and dining room was lined up top with all these shirts that I had framed and autographed by all these right. different bands. And 
when I came home one day, when I was going through <laughs> all the stuff with my divorce, bloop, magically, every wow. autograph that I had was gone along wow. with the dining room table Jeez, and half man. the Pez collection. <laughs> and then women wonder why and their spouses kill them. My cat was gone. <laughs> Jeez, oh man, dude, that's it, it, it's we could tell these kind of horror stories all day long. I, I came home from work one day. This is since we're telling ex wife stories, yeah. I come home from work one day. My ex wife decided that was the day that she didn't like um, the music I was listening to or the movies that I had, yeah. So I came in the house, and right here in my office, which is in the back of the house, there was a mound of broken CDs and cut up videos. She just went through everything that I had collected since I was like 14 years old or whatever, just tearing tapes apart and tearing videotapes apart. I was like, what the fuck is this? And she's like, (laughs) you shouldn't be listening to this stuff. Are you get, get out of here with that. You know, should have known then. Then only 10 years it took me to divorce her or her to divorce me, I guess. But, (laughs) <laughs> Double security, Chris Rick is coming for your kiss machine to meet Melissa. <laughs> Dude, I'd, I'd have to talk to my partner in this about that kiss machine. I'd sell that in a minute if she could get five, six grand for it. That machine sucks. That is the worst game. I don't care what anybody says. The kiss machine, the, the one that he's talking about is and the one that's worth the most money is the one that we have, the 1976, you know, with um, I think it is Paul Stanley on the glass and whatever. But yeah. the worst part about it is it doesn't have any music on it. The, the music is not Kiss. Yeah, it's that's not like What's it's not like I want to rock all night and party every day or anything. It's just like boo doo 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 There's a bunch <laughs> of those games that that came out with um, from the bands that were garbage. We have the Ted Nugent machine too, the, the yeah. Gonzo machine that, or whatever. Yeah. You know, we have that one, and that game sucks too. That's a terrible, boring game to play. Another boring one, a, an arcade game, not not a um, not yeah. a pinball. Did you, while you were you've been to pinball, PA? Yeah. Did you uh, did you play the Journey game? Of course, and I like that game oh, when I was younger too. Stop it! it. A terrible game. It's a terrible game. <laughs> it's a horrible game. It's a ridiculously bad game, but I love the I love it because it because it does play youth. the music too. And it, it does plays play the music. The music. <laughs> it, some I, of the games, man. Like, what do you think about how? I remember walking through Pinball PA and I was like, I mean, it was like Disneyland for me because I, being a kid, mm-hmm. that was just brought me back to every day of my childhood being dropped off in an arcade because oh, my yeah. parents were shopping at an actual mall and mm-hmm. they had arcade rooms back then and they'd give me a five and it would last me two hours because all the, oh yeah, a quarter and it was mm-hmm. great. And so going to that place, to Pinball PA, your shop, Man, it brought me back to when I was a little kid, and then I realized how bad the fucking games were. <laughs> now, where you have like machine guns, you see some guy's head get blown off, and yeah. like, there's sex and violence, and it's like great. And then you go back and you play Robotron, where you have two <laughs> controllers, and it's, you're dead like three seconds. It's right. the most ridiculous thing ever. But when I played that game, it brought back the smell of pizza. From sure. The shop that I used to play the game in. I mean, like, sure. it, it's just, it, it's magical when you play the games you used to play as a kid. And playing it is. pinball in PA is, is fun. Dude, I, I, I say this all the time about pinball PA. Um, and I own the place. So I'm the last one that should be saying this, but it is true. 
when when you walk into Pinball P, and I'm not trying to do a selfless commercial for my own place, but you can attest to this. Yeah. When you first walk into the place and you just look, you're literally blown away by the vastness of games. Oh, yeah. there's because I mean it it really is for for people that don't know it's pinballpa.com if you want to look but um when you it is an old target that everything's been taken out of and replaced by games that's all there is is games so <laughs> to when you get in there and you see and dude let me tell you when you turn the power on in the morning and they all come on at once you literally feel that power <laughs> you literally just feel you know you you literally feel it through your bones but what's cool is that you call it pinball pa but it, it, it's more than that because it does have all the, the pinball machines and i know my daughter said the elvis pinball machine the entire time that we were there and she loved it right. but when we i was walking around playing all the old video games everything for, i mean of course you got the frogger and the pac-man and stuff like that and that's cool but like the and he had like the star wars trilogy game which is like one of my favorite games like of all time sure 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 and and then, though, you have, like, the old Star Wars games. Mm-hmm. Like, the ones that had, like, the little, like, hand controller you grip both sides of the controller. Right, right, right. And, like, <laughs> it was just good shit, dude. It's just so cool seeing some of those games you, you grew up with. And we and we we pride ourselves. At, one, we don't do duplicates, which everybody else does that has a big arcade like we do. Yeah. Uh, you know, they all have, like, 10 Pac-Mans and 10 Asteroids. We don't Donkey do duplicates. Dogs. Yeah. yeah, we don't do any duplicates. So literally when we advertise that there's 420 games, there's 420 games, 420 different titles that you can play. And it, it's, it really, dude, I, I can't even explain it to people. Other The only thing I tell people every time is wear comfortable shoes. I told you that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only, when, when I said wear comfortable shoe. <laughs> well, I was in a wheelchair then, so it was, then I was even more comfortable because I was able to just sit and play yeah, the games. Sit and play the games, but <laughs> but yeah, but no, it, it really is fun. It, yeah. It's fun, and and boy, I'm, you know, and again, I'm not just trying to show my own business, although I'd love for everybody watching to go. But man, oh man, you can make a day out of that place, and no, no hassle, no. Tr- a lot of t- we get so many people that when they're leaving. And they'll have been there all day from when we open, especially on the weekends. We open 11 o'clock and they'll leave at 10 o'clock at night. And they'll be like, dude, where'd the day go? And they'll have played for 11 hours and they just don't realize that they were playing all day because it's so many games. It's, it is fun. The only thing that irritated me is there was one guy, cause I wanted to play that star Wars trilogy game so bad. There was one guy that just sat there and like, he wouldn't fucking move. I almost went up to him. I was like, dude, if you don't get the hell out of here now, I'm going to take you out of the machine myself. <laughs> get out. Yes. Um, we do have ski ball. Do you? Yeah. I never even got over to it. That's in the back. It's My wife. Very back. She likes ski ball. Does it smell like oh. cheap Chucky cheese pizza? <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, not really. No, we, we don't really, we don't sell food. I mean, we have vending machines, but we really don't sell food. It's you, you come there, you come there to game. We're not, we're not trying to be a restaurant. You want food, you can go there. We're in a plaza, and there's plenty of food in the plaza. All right, we have a uh, Tony Massage coming up in a little bit, but I'm gonna take okay. a quick break, and then all right, we can talk about something before. Oh yeah, get Tony on. Um, 
But we do have a what nobody actually requested. I can't believe nobody said this yet, but I'm gonna play it anyways. Right. Oh my god. Staples actually sells staples. There it is. There it is. Now you have it. All right, quick break, and then we'll come back and uh, talk about something. And we got Tony Massachusetts coming up in just a couple. So, And he was in an accident. We got to find out about that. So we're going to find out how Tony's doing. Hang on. Are you looking for a way to support the Seth Williams Show? Get your Seth Williams Show merchandise today. From coffee mugs to clothing and everything in between, our high-quality merch is the perfect way for you to not only support the show, but show everyone what is the greatest show going today. Just go to shop.thesethwilliamshow.com now, shop around, and buy some great merchandise from The Seth Williams Show. Shop today. What's What separates Triv's Restaurant in Strongsville from everybody else? Some restaurants you go to to eat the same thing over and over and over. But then there are restaurants like Triv's, where you want to go there every single time and eat something different until you have eaten every single item on the menu. Why? Because the food's delicious and it has been for almost a quarter of a century. Triv's has amazing food, outstanding service, and an opportunity for you to have private dining, special events, and intimate occasions. You can enjoy a memorable fine dining experience in your own dedicated intimate space. Visit Triv's in the heart of Strongsville. Call now for reservations, 440-238-8830. Triv's in Strongsville. Joe Burdick custom flags are amazing. Each flag is handcrafted to reflect the imperfect perfection making each piece of patriotic wall art unique. This is a local small business, veteran owned and proud. Joe Berta creates symbolic artwork that is built to last. Display your spirit, pride and patriotism by calling 440-305-2065 and let Joe's flag serve you. 440-305-2065. Joe Burdick Flags. Let me introduce you to Charlie's Auto Repair. Any car, any truck, any problem, Charlie's does it right. You know how it is. The check your engine light comes on, you put air in the tires, and the light is still on. 216-470-0170. That's Charlie's Auto Repair. 13728 Madison in Lakewood. Charlie can do it all from small engine repair to fleet maintenance and system diagnostics. 216 470 0170. Charlie's Auto Repair. Let Charlie make your car great once again. Should have taken the shot, fat ass. It's <laughs> funny. Uh, the comments keep rolling in. Uh, sure. You gave us Melissa, didn't need staples. One man's opinion. Liz Rise. 
Let me see here. We were mesmerized by Melissa. Because the ticket is worth whatever someone will pay. I sold the Zeppelin sweatshirt through Yellow Brick Road for $200. Wow. All right. Yeah, Jim uh, has, has sold some stuff through for uh, Yellow Brick Road Auctions.com. Okay. Um, Jim and Sandy, who usually listen to the show and are listening right now, um, we're in New Orleans. I don't know if they're still there, but they uh, spent the past few bunch of days in New Orleans. And every single post, um, I don't know if they did anything but sit at a bar. <laughs> well, that's what you're supposed to do. Like, every post was, and like, I, I think they were doing it in honor of, you know, what's going on right now. It was a hurricane glass sitting in front of them. Uh, first the, ever uh, hurricane in New Orleans, by yeah, the way. The first ever hurricane in New Orleans. <laughs> I'm sure the hurricane drinks were part of climate change as well. I'm sure they were. <laughs> uh, what were we talking about before the whole Yellow Brick Road auctions? I forget. I I, I'm fascinated by Yellow Brick Road. I, I, I have so much stuff to actually potentially auction. It's like, you know, it's like, like I don't even know if I told you this. I probably, In fact, I know I didn't, but I'll tell it on the air, too. So there was this auction for a town in West Virginia a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And, um, and we had the guy that was sponsoring the auction on my Chris Aiken present show. And at the end of it, I on the air, so I could show people to, to join this thing. It was a fundraiser for this town, like a real broke dick town in, in West Virginia. And they were auctioning off some really nice stuff. A couple of two, three really, really nice guitars all autographed and stuff. Really cool stuff, right? So on the air, I bought five raffle tickets. They're like 10 bucks each. So I bought five raffle tickets. I won this auction. So they're in the process now of sending me a like a like a five thousand dollar guitar signed by um Brett Michaels's guitar player. Um, I think Reb Beach from Winger signed it, uh yes. George Lynch signed it. And um, I forget who the fourth person was, maybe like Tracy Guns or somebody from L.A. Guns. I forget who it was, but it's like four major guys. And I'm like, I literally was only buying the tickets to be supportive. I wasn't even trying to win. That's awesome. And it's the first time I've ever won anything. I've never won a contest like that in my entire life. And I won this this guitar. When do you get it? Uh, it's it's as soon as it ships. Yeah, they're they're gonna ship it like U UPS or whatever. Yeah, I don't win shit, dude. Like I, I auctions, like my ex-wife and I used to do auctions on eBay right. for the Pez stuff because we did we were really into the Pez. Like okay. when I say we had a Pez collection, I'm talking like like close to a thousand Pez dispensers. Right. And everything from these old time Pez dispensers to new Pez dispensers to Pez soda. They had Pez cereal, they had all kind of different Pez things, yo yo. Sure. Okay. Wallet clips, like money holders, like all kinds of different things. Right. And and so we had all this shit, but we did it like a lot of it on eBay. And we would sit there and literally just wait until the last bid and start bidding and, and try to get this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I realized one, how stupid you are by wasting all that money. But <laughs> two, like I don't really win anything. Like I, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I give up trying. Like, you're not, mm-hmm. and then my wife and I, we played the lottery. And we only play it when it's like eight billion dollars. Well, I mean, like, why don't we play the lottery when it's ten million? We could ten million yeah, would still change our lives. 
Oh, we play. Oh, well, the Powerball is up to ten billion. Now I'll go ahead and play it, <laughs> dude. Why aren't you playing it when it's a hundred k? For God's sakes, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> with the amount of money that we make, salary wise, a hundred thousand dollars, we could retire on. <laughs> dude, let me, let me let me tell you my horrific. You're you're gonna laugh your ass off at what a dope I am. This was way back when I first got married. So, or when I first moved here. So I'd been married about two or three years. And when we moved back here from California, we were so destitute broke. I was working every temp job I could making five bucks an hour counting screws. That's a literal job that I did doing inventory in a screw factory, counting (laughs) screws out of cases of screws. It was the worst. I mean, I was just barely scraping by and I had babies and everything else making no money working two, three jobs, you know, just trying anything, but being the rubes that me and my ex were, we sure as shit got a lottery ticket every week, (laughs) right? We bought a lottery ticket every week. So at some point, and this is way old school back in the Back in the 8086 computer days before like even a 386 or a 486, <laughs> old these were, the old brown screen monitor days. Right. <laughs> I bought a computer program for like $2 that was, that was designed to help you win the lottery. <laughs> and what you did was you plugged in the numbers every week and every week it would calculate the, the numbers that were going to come, the best odds. Right. For the next, which is total bullshit. You know, it's, it's, there's no odds to the lottery because it's random every week, but this thing somehow had odds. We did this stupid thing for, it had to be two and a half years. Every week, every Wednesday, we would go, oh man, we didn't win the lottery. Let me plug them into this dumb program so that it so that we could get the numbers right. And then we would start playing the numbers. We then we upped our ticket price. This is how stupid we were. Instead of saying, "Oh, this is dumb and quitting." No, we doubled down. We would buy one random number that we wanted to play that was generated by the machine, but then we would also play a random number. So we actually increased our spending when we had no money to spend on the lottery because this thing was giving us a second number to play. So we did this and did this two and a half years. We do this. Finally, I just decided that's enough. We, this is stupid and we can't afford diapers, but we're, we're throwing money out for this stuff. Right. Right. Six weeks after we quit the number hit. Of course. And it was, it it wasn't a huge one, but it was like $22 million or something. (laughs) I absolutely was like, you've got to be kidding me on this. (laughs) That would be my luck or my luck. I actually win the lottery and I drop dead. Yeah. I never get to actually cash the ticket. (laughs) Have a heart attack from the excitement. (laughs) Right. It'd be over. (laughs) I won. Uh, I guess my wife would be happy. (laughs) Yeah. She'd be thrilled. (laughs) In a lot of different ways. <laughs> I'm not around and she's a multimillionaire. There you there go. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> and she doesn't have to use the winnings to pay for the house. Right. There, that's all wins. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not much of a uh... look, I have a lot of good luck in a lot of other ways. I mean, I'm lucky to have friends that I have, otherwise I wouldn't have the house that I'm in, or I wouldn't have this podcast, thanks to you. So I'm lucky to have you know, people in my life that are Jim and Sandy, a lot of different friends. Sure. Family and people that, but I've never been just lucky in that kind of way. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, and in a way to like win stuff. I've never, you know, yeah, I play games at the carnival and like, you know, they have those dark games of the stupid balloons, and the balloons are so close together, you have to be like a moron not to be able to hit one of these balloons. And right. me, I throw it, and I, I end up hitting the guy in the forehead who's running the game. I mean, like, it, which is, <laughs> I don't have any luck when it comes to stuff. Mm-hmm. Even my dad said, you know, there's always like a black cloud over you wherever you go. And it just seems like there, there always is. Yeah, it ain't you, dude, especially at those dumb carnival games. Dude, I was an all-state baseball player. And then, I, so naturally, you know what I was trying to play at every carnival I ever played. The one where you throw the ball and you knock down the three three stupid bottles that are stacked up. I don't think I ever won that once. And I was an all-state baseball player, and I couldn't knock down three bottles with a, with a <laughs> softball. Because it's all rigged. It's all junk. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just, but I mean, it comes with, with everything. Like I, I could enter a contest with three people and I couldn't get third place. I mean, that's just <laughs> the luck that I have. I just, I don't understand. But in a lot of other ways, I'm very lucky. I mean, I consider myself lucky to be alive uh, with everything that's happened. So I see Tony Masashi kind of doing whatever he's doing yeah. down there. I don't know if he's ready or not, but I don't know either. Looks like a great place. The internet won't work, but it looks like yeah, a great place. Exactly. There. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing here. He ain't Let me check on... I'm gonna check no. it. I'm gonna bring it up. No? No. Now we're looking at somebody's feet. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see if the feet were still gonna be on. <laughs> we're gonna check in with Tony Masashi in just a little bit. <laughs> As soon as as soon as the camera checks in with Tony, then we'll check in with Tony. <laughs> I want to play this again real quick because I think it's funny while we're waiting on Tony. Because I, I noticed that we have a lot more people watching now than, than earlier. Yeah. Um, but this did you like this Biden video that I played earlier? Which the oh the the, the cartoon the cartoon oh yeah yeah I love that. <laughs> Hello, it's me, it's Joe Biden. I- See, I made it to Maui. I'm excited to get to my hotel. Jill and I got sunburned this morning on the beach, enjoying a cocktail in the sand. You people like it hot, I guess. Anyway, I know how you feel. When I was a boy, my father told me to make the pancakes one morning. I burned my hands on the pan. I gripped it hard. That's when a Japanese fellow by the name of Chuck Long Lee Chen Chen took me under his wing, showed me the art of taking a bath naked. That's what I called my son Bo. I told him my Corvette went on a hiking expedition in the Alps. It's when it burned to a crisp. He died in my arms. Now I know what it's like to be Native American, just like you fine folks. To help the struggling families of Maui, I'm sending each and every one of you $17.51. Divide amongst yourselves as you please. Anyway. I like the anyway part at the end. <laughs> um, I, I want to remind people about the, the show that I am producing now, Bob France, tomorrow. Yeah. Dr. Tenpenny, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny is going to be on. Uh, Dr. Tenpenny is one of the doctors that we used to talk to on uh, the other show, on Trip Show, all the mm-hmm. time. And she is a strong... Um, Anti 
vax person when it comes to this vaccine. Okay. Uh, so you know, she has very strong opinions on not taking this uh, vaccine. Dr. Tenpenny, uh, people will know her. She uh, She's great and has a lot of very strong opinions. Then on Friday, we're supposed to talk to a guy. I, talk, I think I told you about this. Yeah, you told me. One of the guys that uh, invented the mRNA, I think, vaccine that's out right now. Okay. And I don't think he has good things to say about about it. And uh, the left-wing media and people won't cover him anymore. And they won't talk about him. And he's going to be on the show on, uh, on Friday. But, and he invented it? Yeah. Or I'll, follow, I'll follow his science. You're right. Yeah. So I'll uh, listen tomorrow, Tenpenny, and then Friday, uh, Dr. Robert Malone. Uh, okay. It should be pretty cool to check out on Bob Francis' show. Very good, man. Ever see Jeff Dunham's Biden puppet of Biden? Yes. Um, <clears throat> my Jeff uh, Dunham story, let me tell you about this. All right. I was invited to go to uh, the show. And, you know, Jeff Dunham, I think, is, is pretty funny. He's a pretty funny guy. Sure. Um, does the Van Quist stuff, obviously, all the puppet stuff. And mm-hmm. So we had second row seats at CSU. Okay. And but they were really long rows, and no nothing, no like no aisle in the middle. So if you were in the, in one of these rows in the front, mm-hmm. it was like, and you were in the middle of it, forget about it. You had like a, a country mile to walk over people to get out of the aisle and get back to wherever you wanted to go. And you know you're at a comedy show. Well, we got a call from my daughter, and she wasn't feeling good. Right, and she was at home, and so we and she was by herself, and so we had to leave. And at a comedy show, you don't want to get up in the middle of a comedy show. No. Because, you know, this guy's going to make fun of me to no end. Yes. And <laughs> the seats that we were sitting, we were right in the middle, second row. So it was really close to the stage. And they were really tight. And so this big, giant woman is sitting next to my wife. And, like, part of her thigh roll was on top of my wife's leg. Right. And so she was a very big girl. And I'm not trying to make fun of her, but she was a big girl. And part of her leg was hanging on top of my wife's leg. Okay. And we got this call from our daughter that we had to leave. So I'm trying to like come up with a plan. How right. do we get the hell out of here? And so we waited until Jeff Dunham turned around because he had to go get one of these other dang puppets out of another box somewhere. I was like, <laughs> now's our chance. Right. So we're hightailing. She had to unload this girl's thigh from her thigh, but we got out and we're like stepping on people trying to get out of this damn aisle. We get all the way out. And thank God he didn't see us. But somebody didn't recognize me from being on the radio, knew who I was, right. Drip Show or MMS or whatever. And he hadn't started talking yet. And all he hears, look, it's Seth. And <laughs> I'm just standing there in the open in the middle of the CSU trying to get the hell out of there. <laughs> Uh, but and thank God we did. We got out of there pretty quick. But it was a, it was hilarious. A, uh, hell of a show. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, there's nothing worse than when you get recognized at a place, because then 15 other people that enjoyed you have to come over and say, "Oh man, I love what you do." <laughs> it's like, dude, I just want to watch the show. <laughs> Doctor Tempany had her license to practice suspended over COVID. I, she had some problems when it came to COVID because she uh. Not a believer in the uh, in the vaccine. We had her on numerous times, and she'll be on tomorrow morning. 
She won't be suspended from guesting there or here, will she? No. And I'm going to talk to her about getting on this show, too, because all, right. all the YouTube will ban her in like five seconds. Are we worried about YouTube? With the numbers that I showed you this on Monday afternoon, are you worried about YouTube? No, YouTube sucks. But YouTube Rumble is where it's at. Rumble, <laughs> the numbers are very good on Rumble, so I'm very yeah. happy about that. I mean, what what did we say? We we did the numbers. What did I send them to you? An hour and a half after the show? Yeah. And the numbers were eight times what we did on YouTube on Rumble. Yeah, if not more. Yeah, it was crazy, crazy, crazy. Come on. These these YouTube numbers are ridiculous. And you signed autographs for 20 minutes. 30 minutes, Jim. 30. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, do you think that? Do you think that that's what got Triv? Honestly, I mean, he uh, was older. He was what seventy-two, right? Seventy-three, seventy-four, somewhere there. Yeah, I think he was about my dad's age, so somewhere around there. Um, I, I like. I don't want to say that just because. I mean, one. I know there's plenty of people that, including really close friends, that are listening. Sure. And I, well, I'm I not saying to be disrespectful. I'm just thinking. I'm just asking. Do you? Think I wouldn't that, doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, he did he ever have? And I don't know, did he ever have COVID like before he got the shot that made him get the shot, or did he just no. do it because the station pressured him? I, I don't think it was even that. I think it was. I think it was because he talked to his doctor. Oh, and his, his doctor, doctor told him to. I mean, that's what he said on the air. So I don't mind saying mm -hmm. that he said on the air that his doctor told him that he thought it'd be a good idea to take it, and he did. Huh. And you know, we argued about it numerous times, numerous times. Right. I mean, I don't know. I know that I'm talking about from my personal experience. So I apologize, Jim and Sandy. You may have a different experience and you can feel free to text in, call in, whatever. But from my personal experience with him, he always talked about going to the doctor. And even though he drank and he smoked, he always seemed to be relatively healthy. Right. And so I don't know. I don't know what it was. Mm. Well, just curious. I, I mean, I don't know. Add about I, it every day. So. Yeah, I mean, it sucks. It does suck. So is Tony ready? We're going to go to Tony. I see, see a, like a hot bartender sitting in the background. Yeah, there we go. All right, so let's go to Tony Masaccio. He is live somewhere. I am live. Tony Masaccio. Ben Lau, where are we live? We're live in Lao Sichuan. Lao Sichuan. It is a fine dining Chinese, actually Asian restaurant, you can call it, which is in Pinecrest, right across the street from Pinstripes. And guys, I do trip, it was the Black Label and Cheesecakes. <laughs> <laughs> and he would have even laughed at that one. So, yeah, guess what? You need to pull the phone up to you a little bit more, Tony. Can you see it now? No, you no. like your 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 sound. We can't hear you all that well. Oh, hold on one second. How are we now? Yeah, all right. Can, can you hear me? Yep. Okay. So, actually, I have Lexi, who has been a bartender throughout the city of Cleveland. I've met her at many different restaurants. She is making me a honeydew margarita, Casamigo, Efren, Contro. Guys, I love margaritas. This is going to be wonderful. <laughs> so, is she single? Lex, you yes. single? 
Am I single? You're single? I am. She's single. Guess what? We got a boy. We're gonna find a boyfriend for you. Oh my! With a bank account. <laughs> Of course. Fine. Let's make it happen, Seth. Yes, <laughs> we're going to make this drink right here, but I have Ben here right now, and they have him sit down next to me, and he's going to talk to you about this wonderful new restaurant that opened up about two weeks ago. The owner came to America in 1993, started in 1998, has 13 locations throughout America, and I had said it is really a beautiful, fine dining Asian restaurant, which I will show you in a few moments. Ben, how did the place start? Who's the owner? And let's talk about it. So Tony Ku is the uh, original founder of La Sichuan. He is uh, one of the top graduates of the Sichuan um, cuisine in China. So when he first uh, came to America, he uh, came to Chicago, started uh, working with uh, a master chef there. And once he was ready and he uh, missed his own kind of hometown cooking, he started his own restaurant, Lao Sichuan, in Chinatown, Chicago. So okay. his whole goal of Lao Sichuan is to share everyone, uh, share to everyone his hometown cuisine and make sure everyone feels like they're at home whenever they eat at his restaurant. Yeah. Excellent. How, uh, um, how long has, has this current, the current restaurant been open? So our restaurant's been open for about 10 days now. So we had our okay. soft opening uh, on the 18th. We had friends and family first, and we had professional days. So just a little over 10 days. Yeah. Chris, hold that thought. Guess who's here? Guy I'm just teasing. He looks like him. Go ahead. <laughs> Tell us about the food. What kind of food do you guys have? So we uh, mainly we mainly focus on Sichuan cuisine, but we also yeah. have the Peking duck. Uh, and our chef here that does the Peking duck, all he does is the Peking duck. He trained under uh, Chef Tian, which he's been making Peking duck his whole life, basically 40 years. Every single day is Peking duck day. Okay. And that's all he focuses on, nothing else, just Peking duck. So our Peking duck is very traditional. Uh, our prep times run three days before they even get roasted. Wow. Uh, our, our ducks come from a farm that uh, we have different specifications for them. Um, they're basically from when they grow up to when they enter the slaughterhouse. Uh, we have control of whole control of that process. Okay. So when, it hits, uh, when we get it, uh, all the ducks that we get are certain size, uh, certain fat content, and they're perfect for people. Excellent. Now, is, is your restaurant a um, dinner only, or do you guys do lunch as well? I mean, what are the hours and stuff? So right now, our hours are Monday through Friday. Uh, we start at 3.30 to 10. Okay. And Saturday, Sunday, we are trying to get our dinner ready. But right now, it's just dinner. 
Excellent. Yeah. So again, guys, this is actually in Pinecrest, which is, of course, one of the newer restaurants here. This is going to take off. This is probably, well, I've talked about this before, in the best financial area in Cleveland, which is located by between Shaker, Moreland Hills, Pepper Pike, Beachwood. So again, it is a high-end Asian restaurant, which they're going to do very well here. Um, I don't know if you've ever had duck before, but we're going to, you guys, are gonna, we're going to come here. They have a beautiful patio. We're, we're going to come here on a Saturday evening or a Friday evening. That's going to pick up the bill. Did I say that? <laughs> no, you didn't. Course, I couldn't hear course. you. Who's going to pick up the bill? Um, I just want to actually pan the restaurant here. Yeah, take a walk we around, Tony. See. See I showed you this. Wow. Before I actually got on air. I mean, it looks beautiful. We have three. Tony apparently walked away from the microphone. Yeah. Can't hear you, Tony. No, we you got to take the other. Guys, can you hear me? There you you got to take the other headphone. You got to take the other headphone. Hello. We are we are you. <laughs> can, guys, can, there can you, you hear me now? Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. I wasn't uh, synced here with that my iPad or my uh, earpod. Um, I'm going to actually get you into the kitchen here. This will actually work. So okay. I'm going to show you how large this kitchen is. It's really cool how they actually prepare this stuff. Hi, guys. How are you? Hello. Hello. How are you? Welcome to Chef William Shop. We lost him here. Can't hear you, Tony. Nope. We can see everything. We see, but we can't hear. Wow, look at all that. Wow, look at this. And now we're dead. <laughs> I mean, I want to hear about Tony's accident. I mean, it looks like a great place. I mean, it's beautiful. It does, but... It sounds nice. Sounds like they're busy. <laughs> sounds like they're busy. Yeah. And we can't hear Tony at all. No. And we're frozen. It's, it's boring. <laughs> when he gets back, I'll put him back on and we'll right. talk about everything. Guys, can you Tony, hear me? There you are. Okay, you yeah. can hear me. All right, guess what? I'm going to actually go into the patio and wait till you see this gorgeous patio. Guys, right. we, we are in Cleveland, Ohio. Is this beautiful? Wow, this looks like beautiful. something out of. I go to. <laughs> All right, here's the deal Tony needs to stay out of Pinecrest because Pinecrest apparently has no internet connection. <laughs> 
All He's I wanted done. to do was hear about companies. We put millions of dollars into this restaurant, and everything was shipped in canisters, truckloads from China. So guess what? Everything is made in China. There you go. It is a beautiful patio, man. I'll say, I'll say that. So, again, guys, we are coming here soon. I just want to give you an overlay of this entire restaurant. It's kind of cool. So we'll be back. I'm going to make sure, Seth, you're going to have duck. Absolutely. Now, Tony, we want to talk to you about what happened to you last week. All right. So we got to be able to see you, though, and, like, hear you. All right. Can you see me? Yeah. Yep. There he is. All right. Hold on. Let me sit down. Next, I'm going to sit down in the dining room. No, sit right where you there. are. We can hear you yeah. right there. Yeah, don't go too far. You... All right, that's fine. Don't all see right. Your face. Like so, a, looks like a porn. All right. There we go. <laughs> we good? Yeah, we're yeah, good. Yeah, we're good. All right. So, of course, every Wednesday, I am live on the Seth Williams show talking about local restaurants. And last Wednesday, I went golfing with little John Rinaldi. And on the way home, we were actually in Akron at Paradise Lakes. And, of course, it was a very rainy evening. So about 4 o'clock, actually about 3.30, we left Mike's Restaurant, which is located in Kent. And I was on my way home from Akron, driving down 76, getting on to 77 North, coming home. And this lady was in the fast lane. I was in the berm lane. I was driving my Corvette. And through my peripheral vision, I saw her doing donuts to the second lane. And then she smashes in to the quarter panel of my car oh. and my tire. So it ruined the rim, the tire, my whole car. It smashed me into the berm. So fast forward. Unfortunately, she doesn't have any insurance. Welcome oh. to America. So, and I got a little injury, of course, here. And, of course, I don't want to go through the whole thing because it's going through court. Um, but, unfortunately, I um, unfortunately, I am going through this court case, which it's not fun. So, no. you don't have to have proof of insurance. All you have to do is you have to say that you have insurance. Right. Which is crazy. Oh, so it's only in Ohio that is exactly what happens. Oh so God. the moral of the so guys, the moral of the story is elk and elk. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't let them cut your hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're great friends of mine. They're great customers. So you got to love them. I, they're they're good. Great. They're nice guys. But. I remember you know, seeing I stood outside one day. Trump made me stand outside one day when it was cold out. And elk and elk, one of the elks came up and gave me twenty dollars, uh, so I could go buy something cold or warm to eat. When Trump made me stand outside, they are good people. I will say that. Oh, that's so funny. All right, so, so hey, you know what, what guys? People really want to know though. How's the Corvette? <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, that's a whole other story. I'm looking at, and again, it's a classic car. It's a 1986. It only has 50,000 miles on it. Oh. I'm probably going to have to put about $7,000 into this oh. car. And, and, of course, a lot of it's going to come out of pocket. But you know what? Um, it is a valuable car. And I thank you for asking. 
all the viewers and listeners. Um, but I want to get it back then on the street, and I am never going to drive it on 77. And I'm going to make sure that this girl is nowhere near me. I'm going to find out where she's driving whenever I am out on the streets. Oh, it's himself. I got to tell you. I always have a story. This was a crazy one. So We're we're just glad that you're okay. Yeah. And it was was very nice, Seth. You texted me and called me that 24 hours after. So guess what? I'm actually on my videographer at look at this backyard again i'm gonna go inside real quick you guys can just watch this i'm gonna see if they have any duck being cut for me give me two minutes all right two minutes the greatest thing about okay tony, the greatest thing about tony is that he drives around broadview heights all the time right and north royalton and stuff because he lives over here and so i, I in the past two weeks, I might have seen him ten different times before this accident. Right. And he's driving around. I just I know it's Tony because I see the white Corvette going on down the road. Sure. <laughs> and there's Tony behind the wheel. And I'm always trying to wave at him and stuff, but he never hears me. But <laughs> uh, it's funny because he's the only one that really in North Wales that has like a classic, you know, Corvette driving around Broadway Heights. I see him all right. the time. Nice. Where's the duck, yeah, Tony? Yeah. The duck's coming. Give me one minute. You guys got to see the duck. But in the meantime, let me just give a great joke here, which I always do on the Seth Williams show. And I always do it on Flashpoint, 1490 WERE. You can tune me in every Saturday morning between 10 o'clock and 11. I am in a different local restaurant or actually an international restaurant, as this one is, which we've never gone to a a restaurant like this, guys, that is... 13 restaurants strong across the country, Chicago, New York City, and now right here in our backyard in Cleveland. This place is going to do very well. So this tall brunette woman walks into a bar, and she's got a strapless dress and hairy armpits. She raises her arm high and says, which gentleman here is going to buy this lovely lady a drink? The place went silent. All of a sudden, there's this little old man at the end of the bar, drunk as can be, says, buy the ballerina a drink. So the bartender gets the lady a drink. She shoots it down. She says the same thing, raises her arm, and says, who's going to buy this beautiful young woman a drink? Places silent, raises his arm, says, buy the ballerina a drink. The bartender comes up to him and says, how do you know that this is a ballerina? He says, any woman who can raise her leg that high has got to be a ballerina. <laughs> Damn. Jesus. Hey, Tom, real quick. Yes. We're going we're gonna to have to talk contract negotiations because this podcast is going to be on WHK soon. And so, you know, I don't it's know wonderful. what we're going to do. We're going to have to figure out you know, how to have you on still promoting no, HK, because that's going to be the, the new radio station home of the show. It'll be wonderful. I will be clean and just give me money. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get me There's money the, first, Tone. <laughs> there you go. We we do need a sponsor for this segment, but Absolutely. you know, I got I, I love you guys, and you know that. You know, and again, I've been in the broadcasting industry now for eight years, and it was a color in the trip show. 
I wanted to be a broadcaster ever since I was 18 years old at right Kent State University, and I got into it, guys. And I, you know, I appreciate you every Wednesday and the people who got me in it, especially Tribisano, who I thank every Saturday morning. Very guys, nice. let me see. If, give me one minute. Let's see. You got to see this. Doc. Hey, take your time, Tony. Thank Go you. Ahead. Thank you. Good. I'll just mute. I'm that. muting it again, just so that, so that we don't get all that plates oh, clanking I, and stuff. I'd rather look at Lexi, the bartender. No <laughs> it's a great patio, but still. <laughs> There's Tony. All right, wait, guys. Wait yep. till you see this. Let's see what we got here. And now's when it's gonna die. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Could have brought the damn duck outside. No. <laughs> but we can see Tony's coat. <laughs> hey, guys, hey. Oh, look at that. Jeez, oh, man. Guys, you got me? Yeah, this we got you. Cool. So this is that. actually, they have, they've got a duck car thing where the duck comes right to your table. So you can get a full duck, a half duck, or you can get partial duck. Poor little duck. Tasty duck. It's a tasty duck. So a full set is $88. And then a table side carving is $20. And then a half set is $48. So again, they are known for their Peking duck here, which okay. is I gotta tell you. And this isn't the Peking duck that you find like in the hood. Okay, I just want to tell. I just want to tell you that I'm drinking. So I, so they made me a margarita, and now they made me a mojito with rum. I'm gonna need a ride home. <laughs> it's a good thing you don't have that Corvette today, Tony. <laughs> you, got, you got that right. So, anyways, you know what? Let me. Ken, here, please sit down. Actually, I'm gonna get the GM here. This is Shad. Hold on one second. He also has a restaurant that is Shindo, Shindo which is in Strongsville. Hold on. I'm going to put that in here right here. Okay. Hey, Shad. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Very good, thank you. So that, that meal looks fantastic. Um, tell how, how many does that feed rough, roughly? Is that for like a table for four or two or uh, six, one. To, six to eight? One. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're very very hungry, maybe just for you. <laughs> for me, it would be you know, like me and Chris. It looks fantastic, and and um, Tony was telling us you've only been in town ten days. You know what what brought what brought the restaurant to town? Was it was it marketing research, or did you just see a hole in Cleveland that needed to be filled, or what? Absolutely, I think uh, in the Cleveland there's a lot of great restaurants. What is really missing is a uh, high end Chinese restaurants where we uh, serve ch- a lot of authentic uh, dishes. Okay, so this is this portion of the duck is the belly portion of the duck that's most crispier. This duck has been prepped for three days, and uh, it's been oven for 66 minutes before we serve every single uh, duck. So this portion, you want 
this piece, we want to eat it first. It's the first course. So that's a, a belly portion. It's most crispy. We serve it with a brown sugar. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. You know what? I'm going to try chopsticks. Yes. Guess yes get that in brown sugar along with it. And you got to put a little of the brown sugar, right? Sugar. Right. Right. This is uh, considered a delicacy. You get about 10 pieces out of it, out of a whole duck. Oh, right. Seth, you're trying duck. Okay? <laughs> yeah. I don't so, know what you say. I know you don't eat broccoli, you don't eat tomatoes, you don't eat fruits and vegetables. You're trying the duck. Very good. So, uh, uh, so just uh, give a little bit of background about uh, the like, from farm. Uh, we uh, have our own standard from the weight to the fat content. Uh, so the farm to our to our kitchen, always every every uh, every part is uh, to look at closely and we keep up the standard. Now, <clears throat> Chef uh, Wang here, he is trained under Chef Ten in Chicago. He's uh, Chef Ten. He's been working for our sous chef for 18 years. His whole life, all he makes is one dish, just baking duck. So that's wow. why he's the number one baking duck chef. And uh, we have Chef Wing here, has been uh, training underneath him for the past few months. Yeah, yeah. So, so he, where do you find duck? Like at Kingsman and uh, 98? <laughs> <laughs> we have a farm, yes. Yeah, these are organic, uh, wild race. Yeah. Uh, roughly five and a half to uh, six pounds. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Oh, this looks fantastic, guys. It really looks like a like a great meal and a great great place. Absolutely. So, so these is all the ingredients comes with a uh, bacon duck. Now the plum sauce and the pancake is all house made. Okay. Right. We make it fresh every day. So we, what you do is after you eat. This one, first okay. course. Second course, you want to take a piece. Go ahead, take a piece of a uh, pancake. All right, let me get you a plate. Okay, go ahead, spread it out. And then, uh, all right, and a little bit of made plum sauce. Okay, you need get some cucumber. Okay. Right. right inside. Yes. Okay. Right on top, and then a little bit of uh, green onion. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. These things right. don't work, guys. The right. duck uh, should be ready anytime soon. Okay. So a little bit garlic. You want to add a little bit of radish, add a little bit more texture to it. Okay, and then let me grab the duck. Okay. So take a couple. Couple pieces. Couple, couple pieces. Right. <laughs> there you go. All right. All right. Yeah. So I'm gonna do this first one for you, okay? Okay. You roll it up this way. Next, you want to fold it this way. It's like an Asian taco. Yeah. I love. This. And then you just wrap it like this. Nice. Okay. Right. Enjoy. And I promise I'll wash my hand prior to. <laughs> yeah. You got that full experience. Wow. Looks great. Why? Because at five foot five, I'm 
<laughs> All right. Enjoy. Excellent. In each one, that's its orange. Show. Guys, thank you in the studio. I'll see you next week. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. There we go. That's Tony. Tony Masaccio out at the restaurant there. That place looks fantastic. Seth, you, of course, have no audio. Of course not. <laughs> I noticed that right when your internet went to shit. But, um, but yeah, that, um, that place definitely looks cool. And um, <sighs> with your computer having its normal um, end of show run, I think we're going to do end of show period. What do you think? Shake your head. Yes, Seth. <laughs> All right. I'll make the announcement. Seth can just sit here and look, watch for a minute while we're, while we're doing this, uh, just for everybody to know, um, we will not be here on uh, Monday for the holiday. Seth and I are both going to be off doing holiday things. So we will not be here on Monday. Um, so everybody go out and do something, go have some fun, go to that restaurant right there and have some duck. Cause that place looks fantastic. But um, we will be back on Wednesday. We're working on some guests right now. Tony will be back, of course. Seth will have his computer booted for an hour and a half of the show before, before his shit goes crazy again. But that is going to do it for us. Um, thank you, as always, for listening, for watching. Uh, make sure that you go to cmstv.net to catch the replays. Every uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there is a replay. Same time, for 4 to 6 Eastern. And that's it. So for Seth, for the silenced Seth Williams, it is me, Chris Aiken, and we will see you guys next week. See ya.